more I realize how much danger surrounds my long-lost twin. My enemies are everywhere. And sometimes, those we least suspect turn out to be our biggest threats. Chapter 1. A Charmed Life This way to the terrace. A tanned, button-nosed hostess grabbed four leather-bound menus and marched through the dining room of La Paloma Country Club in Tucson, Arizona. Emma Paxton, Madeline Vega, Laurel Mercer, and Charlotte Chamberlain followed her, snaking around tables full of men in tan blazers and cowboy hats, women in tennis whites, and children munching on organic turkey sausage. Emma dropped into a booth on the stucco veranda, staring at the tattoo on the back of the hostess's neck as she glided away. A Chinese character that probably meant something lame, like faith or harmony. The terrace had a view of the Catalina Mountains, and every cactus and boulder was in sharp relief in the late morning sun. A few feet away, golfers stood around a tee contemplating their drives or checking their blackberries. Before Emma had arrived in Tucson and assumed her twin sister's life, the closest she'd gotten to setting foot in a country club was working as an attendant at a mini golf course outside Las Vegas. I, however, knew this place like the back of my hand. As I sat, invisible, next to my twin, tethered to her always like a balloon tied to a little kid's wrist, I felt a tingle of memory. The last time I ate at this restaurant, my parents had brought me to celebrate getting straight B's on my report card. A rarity for me. A whiff of peppers and eggs brought back my favorite meal, huevos rancheros, made with the best chorizo in all of Tucson. What I wouldn't give for just one bite. Four tomato juices with lime wedges. Madeline chirped to the waitress who'd appeared. When the waitress sauntered off, Madeline straightened her spine into her signature ballet diva posture, whipped her obsidian black hair over her shoulder, and produced a silver flask from her fringed purse. Liquid sloshed as she shook the container back and forth. We can make Bloody Marys, she said with a wink. Charlotte tucked a piece of red gold hair behind her freckled ear and grinned. A Bloody Mary might knock me out. Laurel pinched her thumb and forefinger on the bridge of her sun-kissed nose. I'm still exhausted from last night. The party was definitely a success. Charlotte inspected her reflection in the back of a spoon. What do you think, Sutton? Did we properly usher you into adulthood? Like she'd know. Madeline nudged Emma. You weren't even there half the time. Emma swallowed. She still wasn't used to the taunting banter between Sutton's friends, the kind that grew out of years of friendship. Just sixteen and a half days ago, she'd been living as a foster child in Las Vegas, suffering silently with Travis, her vile foster brother, and Clarice, her celeb-obsessed foster mom. But then she discovered an online strangulation video of a girl who looked exactly like her, down to the oval shape of her face, high cheekbones, and blue-green eyes that changed colors depending on the light. 
After contacting Sutton, the mystery doppelganger, and discovering that they were long-lost identical twins, Emma took a road trip to Tucson, giddy and excited to meet her. Fast forward to the very next day, when Emma learned that Sutton had been murdered, and that Emma would be next, unless she took Sutton's place. Even though she felt anxious about living a lie, even though her skin prickled every time someone called her Sutton, Emma didn't see any other option. But it didn't mean she was going to sit silently by and let her sister's body languish somewhere. She had to find out who killed Sutton, no matter what. Not only was it justice for her twin, but it was the only way for Emma to get her own life back and stand a chance of keeping her new family. The waitress returned with four glasses of tomato juice, and as soon as her back was turned, Madeline unscrewed the cap of the stainless steel flask and dumped clear liquid into each cup.